This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome, our badass friends, to this episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name is Laurie, and I'm here with my friend Jessica. Hello. We are so excited to bring you today's episode with our good friend Shauna Wicker. But before we do that, Jessica's going to talk about our badass of the week this week. Oh my gosh. Our badass of the week is none other than Kristen, aka Samba to the Sea. So good. You guys are going to love her. Love her. So... Um, Kristen is a badass who quit her corporate America job. She's from Savannah, Georgia, and she, um, decided to move to Costa Rica, right? Become a photographer and learn to surf. And I cannot think of anything more badass than doing that. She's actually my hero, right? if we're being honest. Like. Samba, so Samba <laughs> to the Sea is an internationally published lifestyle photographer, sunset chaser, and wave dancer in Tamarindo, Costa Rica, and Savannah, Georgia. She does come back to the States every now and then she does, to yeah. maintain status right. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. She did our very first, like, Actually, before Badass Ladies Club was a thing. Yeah. We literally went to Costa Rica before the world ended. Yep. And we said, let's do a photo shoot for some future project. We were like, we'll create something to use it for. Right. Fine, you know, like. <laughs> and there were the most beautiful pictures and, I mean, great investment. And she so is amazing at sunset photography. I mean, the best. She does photo shoots like what we did, you know, with like friends or families and couples, you know, like everybody wants to get their picture taken at the beach. Um, but she's so good at like capturing a moment and we haven't even mentioned Gidget. Oh, Gidget. She has the cutest little chihuahua named Gidget that like <laughs> follows her all over the beach. Like it, Kristen really is the best. I'm so excited to have her on Badass Ladies Club though, because she is a boss business lady too. Oh, she yeah. can, she really understands the idea of like what makes something lucrative, scalable? Do you love it? Are you passionate about it? Are you passionate enough about it? Like to make it a thing? Um, she's just so fascinating to talk to and I'm really excited to have yeah. her on. And like just the whole ditching your corporate America mm -hmm. BS and being like, I'm going to go take pictures on the beach and learn to surf. Like I'm out y'all. <laughs> my freaking hero. Yeah. So Kristen Samba to the sea, get on here. We love you. We love your work. Um, we'd love to have you lady. You guys will see her in Costa Rica when you come on the retreat. Kristen will be yeah. hanging out for sure. Um, but today we are going to talk to another badass boss business lady, Shauna Wicker. Welcome Hi, to the Shana. badass ladies club. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Oh my gosh. We are so excited to have you guys on. So first of all, I will say that Shauna is like one of my favorite people to just talk to about whatever <laughs> is going on in this crazy random head of mine. Okay. Like she probably ruse the day that my Marco Polo show up in her inbox where she's like, oh my God, Laurie, what? Um, that we can just jam on pretty much anything. Shauna is 
first of all, an amazing mother, wife, inspiration, you know, as far as mm-hmm. growing a family in this crazy world that we all live in. But she's also a clarity coach. She runs the operations for the whole human challenge that we're going to get into. And she is this multi-passionate woman that really can wear a million different hats and make it look so easy. Like it's kind of gross and awesome. I <laughs> want to start with clarity coaching, Shauna. Like I, we've been a part of a coaching program together since what, like February of 21. Yeah. And so many times in this like incarnation that I'm going through where I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Shauna has helped me like really get clear about what it is that my business is about. What what am I selling? Like, who's my ideal client? You know, like what's their pain point? Where are we going to really like find the things that are going to help my business move forward and grow? This is a gift that you have. Have you always been able to do this? Like, how did you come across this idea that you're an amazing clarity coach? Honestly, I think it comes from my background in teaching, which sounds really weird, but I've been a teacher forever. I've taught languages. I taught abroad. I've taught in Italy and China and I've taught English and Spanish, lots of like language, you know? And I think it's from just that training. I'm really good at learning something because, you know, if, if you've ever known a teacher personally, they're usually only a couple days ahead of their students. Right. <laughs> Small, little known secret. Yeah. If you didn't know that. So I'm really good at picking something up, like learning something and turning around and being able to teach it like to others mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time in a concise way that like makes sense <laughs> to somebody who has no idea what I'm talking about. Cause that's what I did for a living for many <laughs> years. So I think that's, that's, uh, that's a big part of it. Honestly, it's just that like innate teacher, whatever you want to call it. I mean, instinct it's natural, but it's also like training that I did for years in higher ed and in the schools. Um, and that's a huge part of it. So when I'm in a coaching program with this lady who is super experienced at business, I don't know anything about business, but I can sit there and listen and I'm damn good at taking notes (laughs) and I'm damn good at absorbing new information. And then I can turn around and like tell all my friends, like, guys, this is what she said. And this is how it applies to you. And this is exactly what this means for you. Boom, 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 boom. And yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, Can we just start with what you were doing before you got into this coaching program? Actually, you may still be doing it. I think it's the coolest job in the world. Cause when Laurie told me about you, I was like, she does what? So she's talking about your ESL training and I did not even know what ESL was until I met you. So tell our (laughs) listeners, like, what is this amazing thing that you do where you work with the priests and the language? Like it's so fascinating. Yeah. So my background's in language teaching. Like I said, I just grew up being fascinated with languages and got into college and learned as much as I could and studied linguistics and learned several languages and all that fun stuff. And when it came time to teach, like I said, I taught abroad and got certified in TESOL. So teaching English to speakers of other languages and Spanish and got my master's degree in that and really got into like second language acquisition, how our languages learned and how are they taught most effectively and did some research on that and all that. Um, and when I was going through that process, you know, it was very much kind of like a nerdy, you know, a very academic nerdy thing for me, which is great, but I, I so desperately wanted to like bridge it to kind of my real life and kind of like 
people I love and things I do in my real world. And at the time I was going through a huge religious conversion and became Catholic. <laughs> and so it was this just timing of it was this crazy, you know, collision of two worlds that were very different. And I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. And I don't know how I can do this, but I'm going to do this. So I just kept talking to people and kept bringing it up. <laughs> and, you know, academia, at least for me in public, big, big research schools are not super yeah. um, friendly to Catholics, let's just say. Yeah. So it was kind of hard, honestly, to like bring up and do that. But I just stuck with it. I'm like, no, I really want to do this. I want to like serve in this way. And eventually I found myself at a seminary and did my entire master's thesis on uh, phonology and pronunciation. And so specifically on how to improve comprehensibility in international priests and seminarians in, um, so that they were more understandable when preaching, right. When giving like homilies and giving like sermons, you know, okay. um, because that's a huge problem. And it's something I experienced personally. And I knew a lot of people who experienced it. I'm like, Hey, I know how to teach pronunciation. I'm really good at phonology. And I've been like researching this for several years. I can, I can like do good with this knowledge and these skills that I have. So that's kind of how I came to that very niche. Well, uh, as a former Jesus. Catholic Catholic school girl, I'm fascinated. Yeah. And I was like, people do that? That's so cool. So I think that that's really freaking awesome. And that you've met some really amazing characters, you know, like that priests from all over the world that are coming to deliver, you know, like sermons and stuff. And like that there's just got to be some really amazing personalities that you've intersected okay. with and that you obviously have to be really charismatic and approachable and relatable for these people from other countries that you share, you know, like a language with because you speak their language, you know, like that, that's a really yeah. special bond that you build with that's people. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's very different. It's like, I mean, uh, it's hard. It's like, it's something that most people can't imagine doing because they, they literally are from just, just countries. Some people have never even heard of these countries, you know, yeah. um, like we have a lot right now coming from Western Africa. And so they're like, okay, you know, <laughs> like you feel like you have nothing in common with this guy who's standing in front of you, who you're supposed to be like learning from, you know, and it can be very like overwhelming. And I just really want to, I really want to like change that. I really want to bridge that. Like this man is first of all, brilliant. Like, let's just get that. Across. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you can understand him. He's absolutely brilliant. He's studied usually like 15 years, he usually has yeah. multiple like master's and doctorate degrees. He traveled across the world and left everything he knew, all of his family and friends to like be here to serve you. <laughs> like, yeah. We incredible. need to like set him up and we just need to like take better care of him. And like, that's, yeah, I just feel very strongly about that. I love <laughs> And about it. like helping them and serving them. And, um, you know, there's just not a lot for them. There aren't yeah. a lot of resources for them. And they tend to be very isolated and very lonely mm. and have a really hard time, obviously, connecting. You know, yeah. like, how do you connect with people when they have a hard time understanding you? And there's this, like, weird cultural distance, you know, how we just naturally are. Like, oh, you're different. Mm. Yeah. I don't think we can really be friends. There's so much of that. It's so, such a gift. Anyway. Such a gift. Um, And I'm not a former Catholic schoolgirl, but like my family were pastors and ministers, you know, in the United Methodist Church. And I, 
I know this like isolation thing that you're talking about and that you get to be a a light for people that are trying to spread good, you know, into the world. Like it's really cool. But what's even cooler about this story is that when I met you, this is what you were already doing. Okay. And in the coaching program that we were all working through, we were all trying to like find our thing, right? Like what are we passionate about that we can monetize and turn Mm -hmm. into an, an income, you know, and that, I feel like your story is so indicative of what we talk about when we talk about being multi-passionate and like liking lots of things. And I know I've really had to like wrestle with this idea that just because I'm good at something doesn't necessarily mean I should be doing it. Mm -hmm. Like that I'm good at lots of things, you know, and that I can do lots of things. But what makes me happy and what serves the greater good of what I'm trying to build, you know? And so for you, like this idea of coaching, you know, like I'm a coach, you're a coach, we coach different people doing different things in different ways, but that you kind of got blindsided with this other initiative that was called the whole human challenge. So when we first started working like, together, it wasn't even on the radar. Well, not for me because I was right? just like invested in what Shauna was trying to create being a coach. So I was like, clarity coach, clarity coach, like, let's do it. Cause you were so amazing yeah. and you helped us so much. I know I took your workshop yeah, it was like, great. in amazing ways that I was like, we have got to help this girl get out into the world because <laughs> she needs to be coaching people and helping them grow their businesses and do the damn thing. And then all of a sudden, like the brakes come on and you told us, okay, guys, So instead of pursuing clarity coaching with all my efforts, I'm going to reel it in and I'm going to work on this thing called whole human challenge. So tell us what is whole human challenge and what kind of helped you pivot into moving this other direction for a minute. Girl, it was a big pivot. It was a really big pivot. And it was like, it's like you said, it was totally blindsided. It came out of nowhere. Um, I was you know, part of that, part of, part of the whole entrepreneurial journey and like, you know, um, kind of, yeah, the journey we've been on has been a lot about like, what really lights me up? What's like my one thing. And honestly, I realized that's a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's almost like, it's almost the same kind of pressure that I was rejecting in the like mainstream nine to five world. It was like creeping into my entrepreneurial mind, right? Like it's this pressure that, Oh, I need to have this job because my resume says this, because this is my background, because this is what my degree is in. So I just have to do this for the next 40 years of my life, regardless if I make no money and I'm like kind of miserable. Mm-hmm. Right. Clearly. Like I was like, Obviously. that's why I left my job because I was like, no, like that's BS. I don't want to be a part of it. Um, I don't, yeah, I just don't want to do it. It's not worth it for me anymore. And then I find myself in this program where I'm like, Oh my gosh, everybody has a thing. What's my thing? What's my one thing? And if I don't find my one, right? It's like, if I don't find my one thing that I'm going to do that I, that lights me up and makes money and serves the world and, and, and like, it's, I just realized like, that's not, that's not true. (laughs) It's the same crap and it's not real. Like that's, that doesn't need to be that way. Like by all means, if you have found that one thing, you know, maybe not, it, like, yeah. whatever, you know, awesome. Go for it. But it doesn't need to be, uh, you know, one time, <laughs> one time and it's one and done, like, okay, I'm going to do this and that's it. Instead, like being open to what, what comes to me, you know? So like when you guys brought up the clarity coaching, you really do good at this. You should pursue this. Okay. 
And so I just like started pursuing it, you know, okay, let's try this process. Let's put out some beta. Let's do some workshops. Let's try, let's serve some clients. Let's get some testimonials. Let's make some money. I made money doing clarity coaching just fine. Um, but, but something else came up, you know, something else came my way and it was something that I'm like, I really need to pursue this right now. And so what whole human challenge ended up being was actually my husband's kind of baby, right? It's kind of my husband's thing. And it's his first step, right? Like he's, he is the, the entrepreneurial mind that you like see, you know, he's got like that long-term vision and he just has all the ideas and he's just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like he's, he's that kind of person really like kind of big picture head in the clouds, you know, but could never do our taxes kind of guy. And so (laughs) that's that's what he does. And he got this and I'm like, you know what? I know now, like I've gone through this program. I know the the basics. I know the process and I'm good and I can teach you and I can do this. Like, let's do your thing. Let's like try it out, you know? And so he did. And so whole human challenge is a seven week holistic mental health program. My husband's a, a therapist by training and by education. So he does, you know, individual therapy, psychotherapy, and is really, really effing good at it. Mm-hmm. Like really good at it. Like the stuff, like, like the kind of feedback he gets from clients is unbelievable. The kind of stuff where people have been going to therapy for 20 years and then they meet with him for two months and they're just like, where have you been all my life? You yeah. know, like you've completely, you've completely changed my life. So I'm just hearing this for like, almost a decade, all these stories from his clients. And I'm like, you need to be doing more. Like you need to be doing this. <laughs> like you are not making enough. You're not like, yeah. Like, I just want to, I just really want to see you like come like blossom into like whatever you have so much more potential in you. So that's, that's what whole human challenge is. And that's how it got started. And it really takes in the physical, the mental, the emotional and the spiritual of what it means to be whole. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it just takes that really, really seriously through a seven week kind of curriculum. And he does all of the content in the curriculum and I do everything else. So I'm the accountant, bookkeeper, HR, photographer, web developer, <laughs> content creator, social media, like, yeah, yeah. Like all the things. So what I love so exactly. much about this only because I got to watch it as it was happening so much was that, you know, like you had talked to us about your husband and about Isaac and about how great he was in this mental health field. Right. And I could tell when you were talking about whole human challenge, how passionate you were about getting this out to people, but I don't lie. And you know this because I said this to you many times. I was like, I'm excited about Isaac's thing. I'm also excited about your thing. You know, like don't give up your thing, Shauna, you know, like I wanted so much for you to have your thing. And I love that we became the kind of friends, you know, that we could push back on each other like that. And you could, and you told me several times, I hear what you're saying. And I know this is the right direction for me. And I know that we're going to be great at this. And like from the outside looking in, basically what happened was that you and Isaac were both able to like up out of the day job and create this whole human challenge, like groundswell thing where now you guys have done two full cycles of whole human challenge replaced your incomes and are working on the third cohort of WHC that's coming up before the end of the year, right? Coming up in January. Yeah. Yeah. Like so and that all of this has happened in such a short window of time. Watching the level of success that you guys have had working together 
but also like giving your family all of this beautiful flexibility, freedom to travel, being able to spend time together, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> and making the money. Like you even said, your financial advisor was like, what in the hell are you guys doing? You know, like, what is this that it's working on so many fronts and that it's created so much stability and happiness for you guys as a family. Like it is a beautiful thing to behold. And that you did that girl. Like you were you did the damn thing and that you supported yeah. like, living the dream, the dream, both of you quitting your day jobs, supporting your family with this new income that and like, changing people's lives. Yes. Like literally changing people's lives in the process. Like I'm just so proud and inspired by you guys It's such a good story. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. When my financial advisor, we met with her, what she was, she was amazed by was not just the fact that we were doing this. It was actually that after the second cohort, she looked through all of our numbers and was like, you guys have increased your net worth. Mm-hmm. I actually don't understand how you did that. I, I actually <laughs> don't get possible. it. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't do that. But we <laughs> did it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> So like, how did you do this? You know, you like lost your income. <laughs> I'm not sure how you did this. Um, so Literally it's, it's like any, really right. Like any financial advisor you're, if you're like, so we're both quitting our day jobs. <laughs> she's like, don't do that. No. And you're like, no, no, no. Trust us. Yeah. We got this. And you did. So one of my favorite <laughs> things about our conversation about what's gone on with whole human challenge and your family is that it was this like leap of faith kind of thing that went on where you were like, I don't know if this is necessarily a thing. I don't know if it'll still be around in five years. Like, I don't know if it's going to make any money, but we're passionate about it. We believe in it. We care about it and we're going to do it. And that you had to be unattached to the outcome. Mm. Yep. So talk a little bit about being unattached to the outcome, because that is something that is really brilliant when it comes to having this entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, it's huge. It's honestly, it's kind of everything. Um, it's, it's, it's so important and it's so difficult at times, right? Um, because we have this idea in our mind of what it's going to be. And honestly, it's been trained into us, at least for me from forever, right? From school and from, like I said, the, the debt and the nine to five kind of world. It's like, you have very, very specific outcomes. You need to meet these specific outcomes and that's what you're doing. And that's what we're paying you for. Mm-hmm. So you don't do it, right? Like, kind of useless (laughs) so yeah it's just been it's so it's so deeply ingrained in in us I think you know and so to have the kind of approach to say this is what I'm gonna do I know enough right I know enough I have enough Mm -hmm. I'm ready enough (laughs) Mm -hmm. to like take the next step and see what happens that's hella scary for a lot of people, right? Like that's super scary. You don't have any, any, you know, guarantees as to what it's going to, what it's going to look like. But honestly, from my experience, it's always been just as good, if not way better than what I'd hoped for. Yeah. Yeah. It actually is better than what I was hoping for. It's actually better than what I thought could happen. So it's, it's really, once that starts happening, even just like one or two times, right. You start growing in that trust. At least I have, I started to grow in that trust of like, okay, this is all I need. Right. <clears throat> Ultimately I'm not in control. Even if I could somehow control the outcome, 
why would I think that's the best? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like there have been things that I've controlled in my life that have gone to hell, right? Like, right. why would I think that that's necessarily the best that I can like necessarily say this is specifically what's going to happen? No, <clears throat> it's not. I'm not ultimately in control and what's going to come is going to be even better than what I can even imagine. Right. So why would I even like obsess over the details, you know? So that's, that's where I've come like to be throughout this process. And it's, like I said, it's hard. It's not like natural. It doesn't feel natural mm-hmm. at first. Maybe if you grew up as an entrepreneur and like, I don't know, that's like what you do. You probably have a different, a very, very different mindset. But honestly, the mindset thing, it's so, so key. It's like, I tell, I tell people, I tell like Isaac all the time, like it's like 90% mindset, yeah. <laughs> like running, running a business. It's so much of just your freaking mindset and just like where you're at being open, being willing to take the risk, being able to kind of take the step before you see where your foot's going to land mm-hmm. and and just like going for it, you know? You said something earlier about like how it's not certain, right? Like you just don't know how yeah. it's going to turn out. And what I've recognized so much since stepping out of that like nine to five hustle, like we were talking about, is that that's not guaranteed either. And if this last mm-hmm. year has taught anybody anything, it's that the risk is equal whether you have a job and you're employed by someone or whether you employ yourself, you know, like that there's equal risk on all fronts and that that is not something I understood before that, like having a job seemed like the safe, logical, reasonable thing to do until it didn't, you know, and once yep. you've seen the other side of that curtain, because I was telling somebody today, like I've also like I had a two year hiatus in my long working, you know, life mm-hmm. where I didn't work for someone and I was a freelancer and I did my own thing and I went back to having a job. Um, but that was like you said, a hundred percent mindset that yep. in my narrative, I didn't have the skills. I wasn't ready. There wasn't enough opportunity. Like, and the only difference now, like there's probably less of all those things today than there was when I freelanced, you know, 10 years ago, the biggest difference is me you know, and like the way I'm deciding to look at things. And this whole human challenge concept is like so real only because I talk a lot about like, I'm just me and I don't have kids or, you know, like the, the family element where I'm like, Oh, I got to take care of people. Like I can just take care of myself and that's cool. But you and Isaac like jumped in head first with the baby and the everything. And we're like, we're going to do this. And that it's just paid off in such beautiful ways and is really turning into this great movement where people are able to say like, because you guys took a risk, this is the good stuff that's coming out of my life because of that. And that that's really rewarding. It's so cool. And honestly, that's, that's a big part of the curriculum of Folk Human Challenge is actually to see the good that's already happening in your life right now. Yeah. That's already happening around you every single day. That's already like here for you, like here for the taking, you know, it's just like, oh, oh, like that changes everything, you know, and you really need to see that you really need to come to that. Like if you want to, if you want to experience healing, if you want to experience wholeness, if you want to experience, you know, unity within yourself and all your different parts, like if you want to be successful in business, if you want to be like, just happy, it doesn't even matter if you're a nine to five or running your own business. Like that's, that's step one that needs to come first. It's like, it's so, it's so, so, so essential. And it's, it, it's honestly mind blowing. The more we do these cohorts and have clients come through whole human challenge, the more I realize like, 
This isn't even, this isn't common knowledge. No. People don't know this. No, absolutely And they're just like out there struggling and out there just like hating their lives. Like, come on. Like you only have one life. You're you're actually just going to like be miserable and not do anything about it. Right. I don't know. It's just, it's come to like blow my mind a little bit. That's a perfect segue into. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, you went on this healing retreat and like, I mean, we can share as much of that as your, it's your journey, girl. So you share what you want. But um, I love when we were talking about it, just this idea of um, like that you were designed for greatness, right? for, you know, um, you know, as you put it, your beloved, you are a magnificent being and, um, you know, like not coming from a place of lack, but a place of abundance really. So share maybe what you want on that journey, but (laughs) well, I'm going to break it down a little bit that, that healing trauma is a physical experience in your body. And so this healing retreat that you went on, which we obviously have particular interest in because we're in the business of doing healing retreats now, that we physically manifest so many things because of, you know, like spiritual and emotional trauma that we've been through up to this point in our lives. And you really faced that head on with this retreat that you went to. So tell us a little bit about like your journey of physically healing some of these like traumatic things that like popped up in this healing retreat. Yeah, it's it's been a roller coaster. And for sure, disclaimer, it's not over. I am not healed. <laughs> right. like, let's, yeah. let's make that clear. Um, it is always ongoing. It is very much ongoing. But yeah, that's exactly right. I signed up for a healing retreat that just fell in my lap out of nowhere. And given everything I've already said, you might have noticed, I tend to just follow those things when they come to me. And so it came to me on a podcast. I heard about it. I looked into it. I signed up like that day. I was like, I think I need to do this. This is, this is happening. So I did that. And honestly, I think it was that night. It was like, after I signed up for this retreat, and at the time I never, ever connected this at all, but I was just like going to bed went to lie down in bed and I just like kept needing to like yawn. (laughs) That's the best way I can describe it. It's like, Oh, I need to like breathe and I need to like take this deep breath. And you know, when you go to yawn and you like breathe in and then you have that like really nice peak satisfying part of the yawn that you're like, ah, and then you get to relax. Yeah. That doesn't happen. (laughs) You're like none of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You just have that like pressure to yawn, but you never could actually like reach that. Yeah. And so I called it, I just started calling it shortness of breath because I didn't know what else to call it. I'm like, I can't breathe right sometimes. And it would just be a little bit here and there. And as I got closer, like as the date came, getting closer and closer to going on this healing retreat, it was getting more frequent and more severe and more intense. And here I am like, three months pregnant. (laughs) I'm like, um, I'm having shortness of breath and I'm telling my doctor, I'm like, what should I do? So we're getting tests done. We're checking out all this stuff. Everybody's like, we don't know what's wrong with you. (sighs) And it comes down to the day of actually going to this retreat and I'm traveling hundreds of miles. It's a different state away. Right. So I have to fly there. And it's like, I get on the plane 
and I can't like breathe. I'm like yawning and yawning and yawning. I'm like this lady next to me on this plane is probably like about to like flag down a flight attendant. She's like, this is weird. I don't know what's happening. It's like, oh, and it's the whole flight there. And then I get there. It's a two and a half hour drive. The whole drive there. I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, something's happening. What's going on here? You know? And at that point I had connected it. I'm like, this isn't medical. I've had an EKG. I've had like, don't get me wrong. I've done, I did the medical. Did I made sure nothing yeah. was like wrong with me and my child. <laughs> I had it all done. And they're like, we don't know. Your oxygen levels are 100. Like you're perfect. There's, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your heart or your lungs. We don't know what's going on. And at this point I'm like, I do. <laughs> I know what's going on and it's not medical. And that's almost worse. That's almost <laughs> um scarier <laughs> because, um, what you're telling me is the medical community can do nothing for me. <laughs> I am on my own. I need to like figure this out. So um, it was super scary. And that was, I mean, I know a lot of people, right? Especially through whole human challenge who have dealt with anxiety in a very severe way. Some of them their whole lives, like since, since childhood, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not one of them. I've never experienced anxiety in my life. So when this started happening, it was kind of like, what the hell? Like it was totally um, totally scary and totally just like, I had no idea, literally no idea. You could have this intense of a physical symptom based on something that's going on emotionally, spiritually, like mentally, like what it, like, it, it really freaked me out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was hard. It was hard to say, and it was hard to like, figure out what to do. And here I am in another state and they don't accept my health insurance. And they're telling me to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, oh I God, actually think I need to just go on this healing retreat at church. So <laughs> I'm going to go do that. <laughs> and I did. And sure enough, like that very night, it was just like gone. I felt lights. I could breathe. And it was like this deep, satisfying breath was like returned to my lungs, you know, just, just unbelievable. Um, and of course it would like come back then when it was a difficult part and then it would go away and then it would come back throughout these like four days. Um, but yeah, it was, it was my first experience of actually of knowing in my bones, how we are really so connected that we really are mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they really are. They're talking to each other. We like, yeah. and we're meant to be whole. We're meant to be unified in this way. And if we're not, they're going to let us know. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're going to like make it clear. Something's not right. You've got to address this. Um, and I've like, I've, I've known that in theory. Right. And there's this book called the body keeps the score. Love that book. My husband, yeah. you know, yeah, really, you got to read yeah. it. You got to read it. Must. Um, so I knew it in theory, but this was my first time, like experiencing that for myself. And it just brought it to a whole nother level. One of my favorite things when you were talking about the retreat that you went on was this idea that like in order to really heal the wounds that you have to be willing to like give forgiveness, but you also have to be willing to like receive forgiveness for your part in all of these things that were so wounding, you know, and we've all got it, you know, like every person has like that hits in a really soft place because it's always on the surface about like what was done to me. But then in this really sacred space of like forgiveness and healing, it also became about what I also, the part I played in that. Mm -hmm. 
And that that is really hard as humans, I feel like, to get to this place where you're like, yeah, this part of my life was really hard and sucked. And there were also parts of my life where I was really hard and sucked, you know, like, and that that's painful to realize, actualize, reconcile, and then forgive yourself for. But man, that's where the healing happens, you know, like that's where the good stuff is. Yeah. I mean, you say it's hard for me. It was impossible. Like I didn't even know I, I could have never reached that on my own, you know, like I could have never known. And it was one night that we're there doing this prayer meditation. Um, and it's exactly like you said, I'm, I'm sitting here going to this retreat thinking like, yeah, I probably need to forgive all these people, you know, whether it's my mom or ex-boyfriends, like all these people that I've kind of forgotten about, right? I've forgotten about. Right. Um, Air quotes. Like I never think about them. So therefore they have no impact on my life. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, So it's like, I probably need to do that. And yeah, I've been, I've definitely been wounded. And like, I was in that super abusive relationship when I was like 19. That's probably not good. I probably never really dealt with that. You know, (laughs) all of these kinds of things is what I'm thinking about going into this retreat of how I've been hurt how I've been wounded, how I, you know, instead of forgiving them or confronting them, I just, you know, deleted their Facebook and moved away and blocked their number and never talked to them again. Right. So like, I probably wasn't the best way to deal with it, maybe. Um, so that, that was definitely like the state of mind I was, I had going into this. And then exactly like you said, one night out of absolutely nowhere, we're doing this prayer meditation. And I don't remember the details, but it was something like, you're walking along in the woods and you're like, it's your favorite woods. It's your favorite place to walk. You're just like so peaceful. You're so calm. You're like in your zone, whatever you want to call it, like your flow state. And you're just like peace and calm state. And you notice someone's walking behind you really gently. And eventually you go along and you notice that it's Jesus. He's coming up, right? It's obviously it's a Catholic retreat. And, um, and he just like slowly comes alongside you and you slowly like open up and you're we'll have a conversation la, da, 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 da. and eventually it was like okay what do you want to say to him after like this whole long meditation and I found myself bawling apologizing like I was saying I'm sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and I even in the moment I was like I was just so overwhelmed because I'm like I had no idea I had anything to be sorry for right. to be yeah. honest I was like that I was that oblivious. I had no idea. And I'm sitting here like telling Jesus how <laughs> I have like hurt his beloved sons, you yeah, know, like yeah. his beloved daughters, like these people, like I did not treat them the way that they deserve to be loved, that they were meant to be loved. And I didn't do that. And I am so sorry. And I need forgiveness in yeah. this. Um, so it was like, it was some crazy shit. To be it is <laughs> I profound. Like, I don't know yeah. What just happened? Yes. I came out of that just like, what? what? <laughs> like, Yikes. And then, yeah. yeah, this concept of like how beloved each one of us is. God, and I love that. yeah, like that it is, it's so true. And that the more you dig into that, the more that you are really able to like love yourself at this level where you really can transcend anything, you know, where it really makes everything okay. Whatever you've done, whatever's been done to you, you know, and like you said, it, it's clearly a process. It's not like you go to a four day retreat and you wrap it all up in a bow and it's done, you know, like it yeah. is this evolutionary work that we do as humans to really heal those parts of us. And it is so beautiful to, to watch and to hear 
how you went through that, I know it's going to enhance the way that I approach healing retreats and healing, you know, with clients and working through that because it's such a big part of what we're doing. And I love that you went to it and that it was a Catholic retreat, you know, like that I have so much of an appreciation for the fact that like we come at things really differently, but that we are teaching the same thing, you know, and that it's so empowering to know that and recognize it and see it. I just love it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. I was telling one of our mutual friends about it afterwards who also does, she's kind of in the healing Mm -hmm. sphere and is a coach. And she honestly was like, Florida, she was like, I'm so glad you did that on a Catholic retreat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of like couldn't 100%. believe it. Yeah. She's like, and she's not Catholic. She's mm. like, I'm not, but my family was, you know, and like historically my family was Catholic and, you know, just have a very different idea of what the Catholic church is. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and she's like, I'm so impressed. And, you know, as I go to this Protestant church and it kind of feels like healing's not a thing there. Yeah. And there's kind of this like, false idea that, oh, I'm Christian now I'm saved and I'm magically like perfect. And I have no healing right. to do anymore. Washed my hands. And I'm just like, yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Like, that's not what not the Catholic so church teaches. <laughs> <laughs> so big difference there. Big yeah. difference. <laughs> you know, what else is so cool and kind of like reminiscent of what you're doing and what we're doing is, um, that you are in a partnership with your husband, right? That you guys are business partners in a whole human challenge and that Jessica and I are friends and partners in the Badass Ladies Club. And so there are a lot of interesting dynamics that go on when you get into business with somebody that you have like an outside relationship with like that, you know? Yeah. Um, So I definitely wanted us to dig into this idea of partnerships and what that means to be in partnership with someone in business. Because it is not, it's not as easy as I thought it would be. Right. But I'm also at the same time, like, so grateful at like who I chose to be in right. partnership Wouldn't with, you with know, anyone yeah, else. because yeah. we're both really good at navigating what comes up. So what has your experience been like being in partnership with your husband? Yeah, you nailed it on the head. <laughs> it's not as easy. <laughs> it's not as easy. You know, you're like, Oh, this will be so much easier than doing it on my own. Cause I have help now. Right. Right. (laughs) Not quite. It's been, um, it's been so, so good. It's been really, really good, but definitely it has challenges for me. So for us, we have very complementary kind of skill sets and personalities. Like I kind of alluded to earlier, Mm -hmm. he has big ideas. He's, um, super like he's just got that entrepreneurial genius to him where he's just like, I can see the big picture. I can see the problem. I can see what needs to be done and I can do it, you know? And then I'm just like, okay, let me like keep track of everything and I'll make the spreadsheets and I'll make sure that it all makes sense. And I'll get a lawyer and I'll do our taxes and like do all that kind of stuff behind the scenes. And he, that stuff, like he wouldn't want to touch that with a six foot pole. You know, he's like, don't want the details. I don't want to like get into that stuff, but I can, I can stay up here on this level and see the vision and see where we need to go and see what's important. So in that way, we're like very complimentary, right? And I'm very much like nitty gritty into the details. I love researching and getting all the information about something before making a decision. And he likes to just kind of look at them and like, that's oh my God. You know? <laughs> that is like Jessica and I do a T, right? right? Completely opposite with that. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's helpful in that way. We're really complimentary, but of course, like, like you said, it brings up all kinds of things when you have an outside relationship. So when there is tension in our marriage about something that has nothing to do with whole human challenge, and then all of a sudden he's threatening to like redo our webpage and basically sabotage it when he knows nothing about web design. And I'm sitting here, I'm just like, I'm going to kill you. And so it it can get, it can definitely get that, you know, it's like, you're like, you're crossing, you have kind of this dual relationship. Um, and especially with somebody who it takes relationships, like just very, he's just very emotionally aware and very, you know, he's a therapist and I'm not. Right. So I'm really good at like compartmentalizing. And I'm like, we will talk about that at the business meeting. That is <laughs> right. with this, you know, where he's like, yeah, right. I'm hurt. And I'm going to bring this up right now, you know? So it's a, it's a little bit of, of uh, it's, I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge learning curve. It's a huge learning process, but it's so good for us. And I really think it's really good for the business. It's really good um, to just like face stuff and work through it because you have to, Uh, (laughs) you're kind of forced to. And yeah, so it's been great. I've been loving it. um, And I'm really, really happy to do it. And I'm happy to continue doing it. And at the same time, I guess kind of circling back, I'm also going to be doing my own thing yes. for sure. Like that's, right. it's not like I've given up on that at all. No. It's just for right now, we're doing this together. We're getting this off the ground. We're already able to autom- like automate a lot of it. We're hiring an intern. We're like, we're getting stuff going to the point that I'm going to have more um, free time and space to be able to get back to like doing my own thing too, which I'm already doing. I'm writing another coaching program. I'm already like got stuff in the works. So, <laughs> Oh, good. It's one of my favorite parts about this whole story is like, for the amount of time from when it started to where you're at now, where you, like you said, are able to systemize it and, you know, bring other people in to do some of the work that you've already set up to be successful, that it hasn't taken that long for you guys to get whole human challenge off the ground into this place where it's really successful and able to support your family in this really major way. And you can still step back into this other thing that you're passionate about, that you're great at, you know, and writing the new coaching program, like, it didn't stop you from where you were going. It only supported you in getting to where you were going. And that wouldn't have happened if you couldn't have scaled back Mm -hmm. and like gone with the flow and the direction that things were taking you. And that that flexibility is serving you so well in this story. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been huge. It's yeah. I I have nothing to add. You said it perfectly. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Um, I wanted to make sure that we covered everything. So one thing that we haven't talked about is like that making the the whole making money part of it. Right. Because like the hobby versus it being a business, like if it's a business, then it's making money. Right. And there's a lot of things that we're great at that we can do that maybe don't make money. And that was kind of the place that Jessica and I were at with badass ladies club where we were like, we love podcasting. It's so great. It fulfills us in all these ways. It just doesn't make any money, you know? And yeah. so how do we take it and shift it into a business that has income coming in as well? And you said something so profound about it when we were pre-interviewing in a way where you don't feel like you're selling your soul to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Amen. because <laughs> I'm overselling my soul to make money. You know, like Mm -hmm. I've done that a million times over for so many decades now. Like I don't want to do it anymore. So how do you leverage your skills to make money in a way where you don't feel like you're selling out 
and doing something that's not in alignment or authentic? Yep. Yeah. It's such a good question. It's so, it's so like a part of the journey, every step, right? every step of the way. And it, for me, it's like gone back and forth of like, okay, I was doing this coaching thing I love, but I wasn't making a ton of money or as much as I wanted to. Right. So then I'm doing whole human challenge and I'm making the money, but I'm not like doing my thing. Right. And I kind of miss teaching. So now I need to shift. Right. So it's like, and that's okay. So I think first step is being okay with that, that it's okay if you don't get like all your cake and eat all of it too. And all of it all at the same time, all the time. (laughs) So that's, that's definitely what I've learned is like, it's okay to like make a bunch of money in a short spurt and then go do something else and then come back. Like, that's okay. And that's part of being an entrepreneur is it's okay. It's all okay. You can do whatever the hell you want. Right. Like, right. so accepting that. And like that's why people that do this. Involved. Yeah. Do whatever the exactly. hell you want. The whole idea. <laughs> yeah. um, this is it. This is it. Yes. So believing that being okay with that, accepting that for yourself and for your life is like huge. So again, mindset sound like a broken record, but the other piece of it is when it comes to, um, yeah, like being able to step into that money piece of it. Like you said to me, it's, it's, you just got to take a step you just got to take a step and do it. Even if it feels weird and feels stupid. And it's a lot of money mindset stuff of like, it's okay to ask to be paid for your time and services. Right. That's okay. You need to like, believe that and believe that deep down. And again, it's one of these things that through this journey, I'm realizing people don't no, no, and don't believe right. like out there. I literally just two days ago was talking to a friend who's an engineer. He's a mechanical engineer out of Chicago. He's worked for the same company since college. So lots of years, I mean like 10 years, he's never applied for a job. He's never done interviews like, you know, in 10 years. So he's freaking out knowing he needs a new job. He's asking me for all this help. And I'm like, listen here, <laughs> you are awesome. You are awesome and you are going to be able to ask for a lot of money and you're going to get a lot of money and you need to believe that in your bones. Like you need to believe that before anybody, because if you don't believe that, and if you're not your own best advocate, who the hell is going to be this engineering company? Absolutely not. Like you need to look out for you and you need to walk in there knowing you are great. You have awesome skills to offer and they will be lucky to have you preach sister. And it just, it just feels like we all need that pep talk somehow of like, you need to know that first. So that's like, that's step one is you have a lot to offer just being you and just being like, just having your experience and your expertise that alone is valuable. And there is nothing wrong with charging people for that. I just think like, when's the last time you paid for something? Jessica, Lori? I mean, like today, I paid Um, for plenty of things today. Yeah. I went to Starbucks before I got here. (laughs) And, and paid I was a perfect. stupid amount of money for a coffee that like that you were you grateful know. to have for yes, sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yes. yes. And you walked away and were you like, how dare they charge me five dollars for Hell this? No, latte? I was Who like, they thank they you. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, you're like, take my money. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Add yes. The pumpkin spice. You know, like you're it's it's like not even a thing. It's not even a question. You're just like, of course I'm gonna pay for this. I'm happy to pay for this. Right. I'm here for it. Right. Right. And I think somehow when it gets turned on us, when we're the ones doing the selling, if you will, all of a sudden, all of our stuff comes up and gets in the way of that. And we can't even see the reality, which is just, no, this is valuable. You're providing value. Of course, you need to be paid for your time and services done. Yes. Oh my God. As a service provider, you're speaking to my soul right now. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> like, and as, but as an entrepreneur, you're the one that's dictating what that cost is, yes. what the value is to right. it. When you work for someone else, like you have the boss to roll that off on, you know, like, well, I got to do this thing. But when you're an entrepreneur, like even in, I remember you and I talking about pricing whole human challenge, Shauna. Yeah. And I was like pushing you to charge more and it was scary and intimidating. And I remember being like, I, you showed me your curriculum and I got like one page into this intense workbook. There were many pages, you know, but I got one page into it and I was like, this shit needs to go up. Like, this is so valuable what you're giving people like go for it. And I mean, like it almost doubled the price, I think, when we went through that and that it was powerful as an entrepreneur for you to get on board with this idea that what you guys were delivering was hugely valuable and going to change people's lives and was worth 10 times what you were charging for it. But once you got behind that, it was done, you know, like, and it was full speed ahead. And now the value continues to get bigger and that confidence piece and the mindset around that starts to shift and change so much. And now you're the one that's pushing people into how much money you're going to make, you know, mm-hmm. and like what this yes. mindset around that means. I just love that entrepreneurial spirit of like, as soon, like you said at the very beginning, as soon as you get on top of something that you're only a couple of steps ahead of the people that you're pushing into these great, higher, bigger levels. And that's honestly what everybody's doing, you know, like, and it's such a powerful, cool thing when you see it firsthand and you watch it work, it makes you brave. Well, and I think it's not, it's not like natural. Go ahead, Jessica. Well, well, I was just going to say like being a hairstylist, like I talk to people all day, every day. Right. And so you know, I talk about current events and what's going on. And, you know, so many people are talking about like all this help wanted stuff across the nation. Right. And I have so many clients who, and not just clients, I mean, everyone's talking about it. Well, I just don't understand where all these people are. I mean, there are help wanted signs everywhere. Like if you need the money, just take the job. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I I don't know what it's like, you know, where you live, um, Shauna, but like serve, um, servers and bartenders in Texas, like make $2 and 13 cents an hour. And, you know, a retail job like starts at seven 25 an hour. And I'm like, it's not that people don't want to work. It's that people don't want to work for that wage at that place because people are done sacrificing their souls in the name of something that like makes them miserable. Well, like people just aren't doing it anymore. So people are creating their own opportunities. That's all this is because the pandemic gave us all a chance to do that. That's what's happening. It's fascinating. Um, the switch with the, you don't want to work. And I know that, I don't know how much of that you have seen since you've shifted from a nine to five to like working for yourself, but I know I have seen a lot of really interesting feedback for me about why I don't have a job. And I'm like, actually, I have a job, you know, like I'm actually working right now. It's cool. You know, um, but that people take a lot of offense to you, like tapping out on the nine to five and deciding to do that themselves, which clearly has way more to do with the people giving you feedback than it does about you. But it gives you a complex after a minute, you know, and the fact that there's, what are they calling it? Like the great resignation where everybody is just like, I don't want to do this anymore because I'm still living in poverty and killing myself, you know, like to do this. 
I love that there's so many opportunities that people are choosing to take for themselves that's turning into a better income, but also just a better quality of life in general, you know, that it's going to raise the tide for everyone that so many of us are putting our foot down and being like, no, my life's worth more to Mm -hmm. me than to slave for $2 an hour. Like I'm not going to do that. Absolutely. There's so much to say. I feel like we can just need a whole nother episode. I know, right? We're running out of it. <laughs> I know, seriously. Sorry, brought up like a heavy thing, but yes. Yeah. No, it's great though. Okay, so one little thing I will bring up is for me, what that's looked like personally is in a way, and this is again, a huge topic, but in a way it's almost safer for me and I get to avoid a lot of that because people assume I'm staying home with my son. Oh, there you oh. go. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I can so say, they're like, How yeah, sweet. I had side hustles Aww. and I just really wasn't happy with my job. So I decided to leave and spend more time and energy on those side hustles. And I've been able to turn that into an LLC and I have a business now and I take care of my son three days a week. And it's like, the, when I say, oh, you take care of your son three days a week, they're like, oh, okay, that's legit. Then it's yep, fine, right? that, you know? And it's almost like you get, they get the validate, you you get that validation and it's just like, oh, so you're not totally being selfish. You're not a total And it's like, so I, I get that. Um, but like you said, Lori, it's a hundred percent on them and not on you. Yeah, right. It's, totally. I, it's what's in them and in them saying, oh, I would have loved to do that. I would love to do that. Oh, I'm miserable in my job, but I'm not going to leave. Right. But because they've known somebody who's a stay at home mom, they can say, okay, you know, I get that. I can connect with that. Mm-hmm. That's not like totally out of the realm of possibility. So I'm not going to like pass judgment on you too hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah. But it's, it's true. It's like that validation for me, it really comes down to that, that piece of validation. And kind of like you said before, you in a nine to five, you have a boss. And to me, it was like, I have a boss. I have an office. I have a little name tag that has my name and it has my job title. So therefore I'm qualified to do this thing that I've never actually done. And I didn't really receive training on. And they've just told me to do like two days into the job, but my name tag says I can do this. So therefore I have the confidence and I can just do this. Right. And it's just recognizing like, that's bullshit, right? Like you can make your own damn name tag. (laughs) There's nothing, there's nothing inherently uh, valuable. There's nothing inherently like groundbreaking that this company and this office and this little plaque on your door has given you to make you better at what you already do and what's already inside of you. That's already there. That's already there. And it's already ready for the take. It's already ready for you to do it. And so just recognizing that is huge. Like I can give myself my own validation. Mm -hmm. I've done this time and time again for these other people. Now I can do it for myself. Why would I not be able to do it for myself? Do I need a name tag? I'll go over to fucking FedEx and make my I was about to say, I'm about to make a name tag tomorrow. Like Next time you see us, we're going to have like our little name plaques, like right here on our desk. I like it. Love it. Shauna, you are the best. Okay. Like Total thank badass. you so much for coming and sharing all of your awesomeness today. Like it's been a true gift. And if you guys have not um, caught up with Shauna, we're going to put all the links in the show notes about how you can get into the whole human challenge because there are definitely future cohorts that are coming up. Um, and then also if you're interested in getting with Shauna to do some clarity coaching, like I'm not lying, guys. I've never been able to sit down and talk to somebody for 10 minutes feeling like my whole (laughs) life is like upside down floating in the sky and I have no idea what's going on. And then after a few minutes talking to Shauna, I was like, okay, I'm going to live. Like things are coming into picture. So if you need some guidance on what's going on in your world in business or in personal 
Sean is here for you. Um, you guys have a badass day and we love you so much. Thank you. Thank you.